Welcome into Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, we're going to take stock in where the Philadelphia Phillies stand in the NL East and take a way too early look at those standings. How concerned should the Phillies be with the hold that they put themselves in? Well, it's early, so uh, I'll break down the things to worry about and the things not to. We're also going to answer our off-the-pole question from yesterday about the most impressive young Philly this year and a fun little tidbit about today and playing the Colorado Rockies and a very strange trend in Major League Baseball. A lot of fun stuff on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. You've heard me doing this for, uh, this is my second straight season as your host, the Locked On Phillies, credentialed Philadelphia Phillies media member. Happy to be here as your host of Locked On Phillies. I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Phillies your first listen every day. Uh, We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. So go ahead, and if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the, uh, the like button wherever you get your podcast. Leave a review. Uh, Let me know if you like it. Let me know if there's things I could be doing better. But I appreciate any and all feedback. And certainly the subscription on YouTube is very much beneficial to me and very much appreciated and beneficial to you, too, because it gives you notifications when new episodes get posted. So you got that all squared away. So go ahead and check that out if you haven't done so already. I very much appreciate it. Now, let's get into today's episode of Locked on Phillies, where we're going to talk about the NL East. First, I want to remind you, yesterday's episode, we talked about The matchup between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Colorado Rockies in that upcoming series. Well, the Phillies play the Rockies tonight at 6.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go ahead and check it out. A pitching matchup that very much favors the Phillies, and they don't even have their best arm going. Uh, You can catch every pitch of the Phillies' hometown broadcast for that game with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Phillies. You'll go ahead and get that all squared away. But I've already previewed the series with the Rockies, and because it was a day game yesterday, I have more time between episodes, so it gives me a chance to do this instead which is discussing the standings in the National League East. So first of all, what are those standings and where do the Phillies sit? Because understandably, there may be a bunch of you out there listening who haven't even taken a look at the standings yet and know where the Philadelphia Phillies stand in general. So right now, the Philadelphia Phillies are six games back. Their record is eight and 11. And just to run down the East standings, Atlanta is 14 and five. They're in first place. Uh, the Mets are 12 and 7. They're in second place. The Miami Marlins are 10 and 9, one game above 500. They are in third place. The Phillies 8 and 11, three games below 500 in fourth place. And the Washington Nationals are 5 and 13. They're eight and a half games back. Now, the Phillies are, I don't know if I'd call it gaining ground, but they're getting better. They're getting closer to 500. This is not the point in the season where you want to really look at those numbers all that much, but this is a point in the season where you want to look at the team standing relative to 500 because that tells you whether or not they're a good baseball team. And the Phillies are getting there. Now, they're a minus 13 run differential. Those two top teams that they're chasing, Atlanta and the Mets. Atlanta's a 32 run differential positive, and the Mets are a 11 positive run differential. So it's a situation where you'd like to see the Phillies be on the positive side, and I believe that uh, you will see that as they go through the series with the Colorado Rockies. You might see it by the end of these next four games. So we can go ahead and get that all checked out uh, and see how that works out by the end of the series. But uh, in the last 10 games, 
Philadelphia Phillies perfectly 500, five and five. The issue is in the last five games, the teams above them, the Braves are eight and two, the Mets are seven and three, the Marlins are seven and three. And that's why I say the Phillies aren't really making up ground, even though they're getting closer to 500 when it comes to the divisional race. Uh, I'll tell you where the real discrepancy in the division is. The Atlanta Braves are 10 and two on the road. That's pretty darn good. They're only four and three at home. They have more losses at home in seven games than they do on the road in 12 games. That's crazy to me. Uh, and the Mets are also very good on the road. They're eight and five on the road. The Marlins played significantly more home games, seven and six. They're three and three on the road. Um, the Phillies have been away more than they've been home. The Phillies have played six home games and they've played 13 road games. Uh, so once that evens out, uh, the Phillies, I believe, have the best home field advantage in this division. So that's another thing to take into account. That could certainly help them uh, get settled back in and uh, get closer to those leaders in the division. But here's something that I want to do. We're going to run through this. It's going to bleed over into the second segment. But I want to look at who these teams are playing so you have an idea. Because the Phillies, they haven't had a difficult schedule. But I want to run through who exactly the Philadelphia Phillies opponents in the division have been playing so we know whether or not we should be worried about the record that they put together. Now, the Braves seem to have earned it. They've opened up against the Nationals, and they went ahead and they uh, they took two of three against the Nationals. Losing to the Nationals in general is never a good thing, uh, so that's a sign of weakness. But then they went to uh, St. Louis, and they swept them on the road. Then the Padres came to town, and they uh, lost – two of three to the San Diego Padres. Uh, and that puts you in a situation where you're looking at a team that's competitive in the National League and you say, oh, I'm losing two or three to them. Hmm. But the Cardinals were a playoff team last year too, so you can't discount the sweep of St. Louis, even though it is early in the year. Um, oh, I'm sorry. They lost three of four to the Padres. I forgot that was a four-game set. So uh, the Padres absolutely handled the Atlanta Braves. That's a good sign for the Philadelphia Phillies. And then what have the Braves done? Well, they had Cincinnati come down uh, to Truist Park, and they swept them. And then they went on the road to Kansas City, and they swept them. And then they went on the road to San Diego, and they took two or three from them. So right now it's three and four, the season series against the San Diego Padres, which is probably the competition they played that's most similar to the Philadelphia Phillies skill level. Uh, you look at the Cardinals and that sweep. Uh, okay, even if you throw that in, what is that, six and four against top-level competition? And the record is what it is against everyone else. So you look at that and it says, yeah, the Braves are good, but uh, let's see the stretch they have coming up. They have the Marlins, or sorry, they have the Astros starting tomorrow. Then they have the Marlins, a divisional opponent. They'll see the Mets. Uh, they'll see the Marlins again. They'll see the new look Orioles. Um, they'll see the Blue Jays later on, the Rangers who are really hot, the Mariners who are a playoff team, the Dodgers. They'll see the Phillies, the Athletics who – I've just decided in the middle of the night they're moving to Las Vegas. Shouldn't be a huge surprise to anybody. There are rumors about it, but that's your uh, athletics talk for the program. Bears mentioning because that's big news around baseball. But my point is the Braves schedule in May gets significantly more difficult. So look at them to maybe take a step back. We'll really get to see what that team's made of in May. So Atlanta, very good so far. Great on the road. Opportunities for them to drop games when you get to May. The Mets, who are in second place. They started out their season with the Miami Marlins, and they ended up winning on opening day, but losing game two to the Marlins. Uh, so they lost one of three to the Miami Marlins. Or sorry, <laughs> they lost one of four to the Miami Marlins. These four-game series to start the year are messing me up. Then they went to Milwaukee and played the Brewers and got swept out. That's a bad sign. 
I understand the Phillies were swept by the Texas Rangers, um, but the Rangers, I believe, are a better team than the Brewers this year, and that Brewers team handled the Mets. Uh, then they see the Marlins, and again, they win one of three. I guess it was one of four in the opening series, but the Marlins steal a game again. Then they see those Padres, and the Padres they took two or three from. Uh, the Mets, to me, when I'm looking at strength of schedule, uh, they might be a team very close to the Braves, like closer than record indicates. Those are very clearly two top teams in the National League and in the NL East. And then most recently, uh, the Mets have played the Athletics, so they beat 17-6, to 3-2, to 4-3. to three. A couple close games, but still wins because the Athletics have no business winning baseball games. Uh, and then they played the Dodgers, had a nice little West Coast swing and won 8-6, got shut out. Five to nothing, Dodgers win, and then they won five to three. So they're just, and this is what the Mets were last year. They're a series winning machine. They go out, and they find a way to win two or three. They're not sweep monsters like the Braves can be at points, but they'll go out there and they'll just win series. And that's a very, very comfortable way to play as a baseball team. And that'll have you in the playoffs year in and year out, and it'll make you very good. So that's what the top two teams are. Now, looking at the Mets schedule coming up, got the San Francisco Giants. Eh, all right, nothing crazy. And the Nationals. Should be wins the Braves. And then as we get into May, Tigers, Rockies, Reds, Nationals, the Rays were red hot, but the Guardians, the Cubs, the Rockies, the Mets, as hard as the Braves schedule gets, the Mets schedule is incredibly easy. This team could be way up in the division by the end of May. And by way up, I mean like four or five games up on the Braves. That's how easy their schedule is. So it's going to be tough for the Philadelphia Phillies to keep pace with them. Over the next month, if you see the uh, the Mets pull away, don't immediately think, oh, well, the race is done. The Phillies are dead, this, that, and the other thing. It will even out. Every team plays everybody. So go ahead and keep an eye on that. I warned you here first. That's why we do this. So we can see, oh, if at the end of the month, the, Bra- or the Mets have picked up four or five games on the Phillies despite the Phillies playing well, well, you just heard why, how easy the schedule is. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the Marlins. We're going to talk about the Nationals. And we're going to break down a little bit of what's going on there. Uh, with the teams that are close to the Phillies in standing right now, but should be the runts of the division, and you should be able to handle them. So we'll discuss that as we continue Locked on Phillies. All right, let me tell you about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in absolutely no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Come on. The Phillies know that. Baseball team know that. eBay Motors know that. Uh, get the right parts, the right fit, and maybe most importantly, the right prices. You got to get for a good deal, right? On ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. All right, let's discuss those Miami Marlins, who are currently in third place in the NL East. You'll be able to see the Phillies play them again a little bit later on in the season, but we've already seen them play them once. Reminder, the Phillies opponents, not to get lost in all this. The Phillies play the Rockies tonight at 6.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can go ahead and check out every pitch of that game uh, and the Phillies' hometown broadcast of that game with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Phillies. 
Yeah, so we're looking at the Marlins now, and the Marlins are slightly above the Phillies. They're 10 and 9. The Phillies are 8 and 11. I firmly expect the Phillies, the Phillies to catch the Marlins sooner rather than later, but let's look at the schedule and see if that's realistic. Now, the Marlins started the season with the Mets. We already went through that series. Uh, and then they went ahead and saw the Twins. And the Twins hung 11 on them in the first game, but then the Marlins scraped out too. So they won that series. Another series with the Mets we went through, a series with the Phillies we're very familiar with. Then in a series with the Diamondbacks, the Marlins won two of three. And in a series with the Giants, they won two of three. The Marlins are a better team than they were last year, but they shouldn't be third place in the NL East when everything's all said and done. They're playing teams that are okay. Diamondbacks are not good. The Twins are all right. Uh, the Giants are okay. I understand the Twins had a good start to the season. I don't know that the quality of the team is how they're playing currently. I think that'll even out. So where do the Phillies make up games? Well, the Marlins play the Guardians coming up this weekend, so they'll, they'll start that series tomorrow. I don't know if I really like the Guardians all that much as a team. That should be a fine series for the Marlins. But then they see Atlanta for four games. That's tough. They see Chicago, which is an easier series. But then they see Atlanta again. Then they see Chicago again. Then they see the Diamondbacks. Very strangely, it feels like the Marlins are playing a lot of the same teams back to back to back, which is weird. Um, they see the Reds, who can be pesky. They see the Nationals. Eh. They see the Giants again. They see the Rockies. They see the Angels. Listen, there's not a lot of really good teams that the Marlins are going to play. So unless they get swept out of both those Braves series, the Phillies are going to have to play really well to catch them too. So mainly what I'm looking at when I see the schedule upcoming for the next month for the NL East and I see what the Philadelphia Phillies have ahead of them, we'll do the Phillies next just to take a look at their schedule since they are in fourth place in the NL East. Uh, I say that the standings in the National League East don't look at that. Look at the team's record relative to 500, the team being the Phillies. See how they do based on that. That's what you're playing for. How many games over 500 can you get to by the end of May? Don't worry what the Mets are doing. Don't worry what the Braves are doing. Don't worry what the Marlins are doing. Don't worry about what any team in baseball is doing besides the team playing the Philadelphia Phillies and whether or not the Phillies can beat those teams. So that's something to, uh, to keep an eye on there. And uh, that would be the way that I'd approach watching National League East baseball for the next month or so, a month or so. Now, uh, finishing out April, the Phillies obviously have four against the Rockies. Then they have three against the Mariners at home. Then they'll go to Houston for a World Series rematch. Those are two tough series, Mariners and Houston. Uh, in May, they get the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Rockies again, the Giants, the Cubs, the Diamondbacks. So that stretch in there where you get Rockies, Giants, Cubs, Diamondbacks is where you need to make hay in the middle of the month and like from like the 15th to like the 25th those are the days and then you get the Braves and Mets to round out the uh the month so focus on getting as far above 500 as possible and then you can look at the divisional standings when you get done those series with the Braves and the Mets to see because you have a game that a chance to pick up a full game each of those contests just for fun Let's go take a look at the Miami Marlins as well to go ahead and see – or the Miami Marlins. Sorry, the Washington Nationals. I'm used to the Marlins being down at the bottom of the division. All due respect to the Marlins, who frankly have earned it with the way they've started their year. But uh, the Washington Nationals and their schedule coming up to see if they really uh, – basically what I'm trying to see is who in the NL East plays the Nationals the most. So the Mets get them for three games coming up. The – let's see. Mets get them for four more games. The Marlins get them for three games. 
Yeah, the Mets are going to be the most advantage in the division because they get to play the Marlins seven times over the next month and a half. The Marlins play them. No other team in the NL East plays the Nationals. And the Phillies haven't played them yet. So that'll be something that the Phillies have in their back pocket is those games against the Nationals later on in the season when they get rolling better, when they're hopefully on a hot streak, when you can get a situation where maybe even Bryce Harper is back. By the end of that month, Bryce Harper could be back. Uh, It's certainly possible. So keep an eye on that. But uh, maybe for the best that the Phillies aren't playing the Nationals right now because you want to make sure you stack wins against those lesser teams and you don't want a situation where, uh, I don't know, Christopher Sanchez is throwing a spot start against the Nationals and it puts you at in closer to even playing field. So uh, might be good for the Phillies, but certainly good for the Mets and the Marlins over the next month and a half that they get to play the Nationals a couple more times. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Again, the bottom line with all of this, when you look at the NL East, don't look at the standings. Just look at the Phillies' record uh, to 500. You can look at their run differential. You can look at their home and away splits and everything like that. But don't get caught standing watching yet. The schedule is going to be significantly easier for a couple of those top teams over the next month. The Phillies, not as easy. You could look at the bigger lead being built, even though the Phillies are playing better, and that should be fine because we just need the Phillies to make the playoffs. And I believe they'll compete for the division down the stretch. I do believe there's a hot streak in the Phillies that will bring them back into this division. Even if there's not, we know they can win in spite of not being the number one or even number two teams in division. So go ahead and uh, approach things that, that way. That's how I would do it, and that's a fun little overview of the NL East. Now, coming up, we're going to do a little bit of hybrid. We're going to do some stepping off, which is stepping off as a segment. If you're not familiar, haven't done one in a minute, but stepping off is one normally do it close to the middle of the week where take a step off the rubber, take a deep breath and recollect yourself, do something outside the lines of baseball. Now you can't really do that anymore in major league baseball because of the pitch clock, which is annoying, but the segment still exists. So we'll do that. I have some fun, a fun little interesting tidbit about uh, Phillies Rockies matchup. And then we'll also have off the poll where you got to respond to the poll question that I put out yesterday about the um, most exciting young Philly so far this year uh, is kind of how I worded it. So we'll get into both of those segments as we wrap up today's locked on Phillies. All right. But first I want to tell you about one of our new sponsors here on locked on very important sponsor, better help. So let me tell you a little bit about this. Okay. Uh, better help is super Super important because it gives you the opportunity to get to know yourself. And that can be a lifelong process, right? Especially because we're always growing and changing. I mean, I'm not the same person I was a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Think how often you go through life changes. And it's important to know how to live with this and grow with this. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding. Because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. So but, uh, BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who could take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are to where you want to be. So you can go ahead and check that out. I mean, therapy helps so many people in today's day and age. There's no more stigma on it. There's no more, oh, what are you, crazy? You go into therapy? No, it's a very common thing and it's very helpful. And so many people use it to make their lives better. And BetterHelp is a great way for you to jump in and doing that. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. 
and you just don't have a connection with the first therapist you get, you can go ahead and switch. It's perfectly fine. Figure out what works for you. That's part of what's important about therapy. It's part of what's great about BetterHelp. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's help, H-E-L-P. So that, or sorry, that's BetterHelp. So B-E-T-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P, dot com slash MLB. So go ahead and check them out. All right, reminder, one more time, Phillies, Rockies, 6.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can hear every pitch of the Phillies hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Phillies there. So getting you all tuned up for that. You can listen to yesterday's episode for a preview of that series. But let's jump into a little bit of – we'll do stepping off first, and we'll wrap up with off the pole. So um, actually, flip that. We'll do off the pole, and then we'll wrap up with – stepping off. So I want to go over here to our Twitter poll again. Yesterday, we asked a Twitter poll uh, about the Philly under the age of 28 who has impressed you the most this season. Four options. Bryson Stott, Alec Bohm, Brandon Marsh, and Edmundo Sosa. So you look at it and you say, there's a couple schools of thought. Is it the best player? Is it the player that's most surprising on top of how I thought they were going to be? Uh, there are multiple ways to go ahead and evaluate this. I said try and use the way where it's the one most surprising on top of how you thought it they were going to be, but it's always revisionist history combined in there. Now, I would have voted for Bryson Stott because I thought he was a major question mark uh, coming into this season, and he's proven to be anything but a question mark. He's been an exclamation mark, an exclamation point. I don't know. This isn't English locked on. This is locked on Philly. So <laughs> he's been great this year. But let's look at the results. So good number of votes on this one. And bringing up the rear, Edmundo Sosa. Poor Edmundo. I love Edmundo. Only 1% of the vote. But hey, he got a vote in there. So Edmundo Sosa got a little bit of love, but significant below, significantly below these other candidates. Alec Bohm was in second place with 18% of the vote, uh, which is understandable. We've seen the most of him. Uh, of any of these players on this list. So maybe the expectations higher for him and he added all this muscle and it's just like, okay, we're expecting him to have a breakout year. Brandon Marsh got 40% of the vote. I was super surprised how many people voted for Brandon Marsh in this one, but a lot of people cited that they thought Stott was good and that Brandon Marsh has been a surprise because he wasn't very good with the Angels, but Brandon Marsh has had a great year and he got 40% of the vote. But the winner by 1%, 41% of responders said Bryson Stott. So you basically have a, a split almost evenly there between Marsh and Stott, which I thought Stott was going to run away with it. But so many people have jumped on the Brandon Marsh bandwagon. And Stott, I think, deserves the win in this poll because, heck, he's hit in, what, 18 of the first 19 games and is batting like 370, is unbelievable, is now batting leadoff for the team above Trey Turner, who had that on your bingo card for the Philly season. So that's all credit to Stott and what he's doing. Also playing great defensive second base. But the fact that Brandon Marsh is close behind him, especially with early season blunders on the base pass and fielding, uh, that just shows you how much having a center fielder that can hit and play there every day, yes, he can play there every day, is important to this team. So a good look at the young Phillies and the confidence the fan base has in them. And uh, now in stepping off, just a fun little tidbit here. This is so weird. So today I'm recording this episode on April 20th. And I think... Uh, some of you out there listening may know why that date is significant. So uh, shout out April 20th. And the Philadelphia Phillies, of course, play the Colorado Rockies. Now, Denver, where the Colorado Rockies play, it's called the Mile High City. 
And that's because of its um, height above sea level. But it also fits in a different sense of the word. And we're all familiar with that. Now Denver handles their business out there. Hey, do what you want out there, Denver. More power to you. More power to the great state of Colorado out there. But it's funny the juxtaposition of the date and the Philadelphia Phillies playing the Rockies. And people get a kick out of that. It's funny. Oh, you're playing the Rockies on April 20th? Uh, Cool. Whatever. Well, shout out to Destiny Legardo of Phillies Nation who went ahead and put out this tweet today. Because I I have kind of noticed this. But the numbers are crazy. The Phillies have inexplicably played against the, uh, played the Rockies in three of the last four full seasons on April 20th, on 420. In 2021, they played the Rockies the week of 420. So it's just, I don't know how it's possible. So you take out 2020, of course, because of the pandemic year. But three of the last four full seasons, it's been the Phillies have played the Rockies on the actual date. And then the one year that they hadn't, they played the week of. That's not – I see, <laughs> I hesitate to say it's a coincidence because, like, how does that happen? How do they keep getting scheduled? And maybe Major League Baseball is pulling a trick on Philadelphia, but it doesn't make sense. Like, why Philadelphia? But it's just very, very funny that that's worked out the way that it is. So these little uh, fun nuances of baseball scheduling, I don't know if that's someone in the scheduling office who's from Philadelphia who's like, oh, this would be funny. Let me give my hometown folks something to chuckle about. But there you have it, the Phillies, the Rockies. April 20th, it's a tradition unlike any other. So a uh, fun, fun little tidbit there if you were wondering about that as well. That's all for today's Locked On Phillies. I want to thank you for making Locked On Phillies your first listen every single day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about the first game of the Rockies series, hopefully why the Phillies beat up on the Colorado Rockies and give you a good look at what happened in tonight's contest and see if the Phillies can keep the momentum. So we'll discuss that next on the next episode of Locked on Phillies.